I'm done socializing for the next year and a half. I feel like I've all partied out. You don't socialize weekend. at all. And I have to keep it that way. She's I have to work the very only hard to keep it thirty that year old that's about a hundred and eighty. Yeah. Since mm-hmm. I was twelve. Since you, oh, even before yeah. that. There's yeah. a show, so we watch New Girl as set, like a family. Me, Olivia, and John Paul, it's our favorite show. And um, there's an, there's an episode and the guy goes, he goes, I like getting older. He's like, I finally feel like I'm aging into my personality. And I was like, that is <laughs> That's me to uh, That yes. is you. Yes. I will feel the most comfortable at it. When you were a little girl, you were always older. You were always like, Olivia, yeah. John Paul, get yeah. them. Yeah. Listen to me. Eat your cereal. Mm-hmm. Mom's yeah. not going to be happy. Oh, that was so hard. Do you remember? She was the... Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Well, were, and here she the was thing. a definite nanny. Mm-hmm. She was self-imposed, though, and yeah. claims that that was her world. <laughs> it was for a while you because guys, you you chose that. You needed help. That's what she it was. needed help. You, they they had they a full-time help. daycare. No, you put yourself. There was in a there. point. We're not going to get into this right okay. now. This is well. I'm right. not well let's this save this for you. when Liz is here. Yeah. yeah. Which yep. when is she when coming? We, right. When we do family therapy. therapy. Bill can take care of it. Yeah. <laughs> Bill can I want to hear more about that. That's Bill McAllister. You hear our guest today. Go ahead, Bill. Oh, hi, everybody. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Nooner Show. Here's your host, Jackie Wallace, Gina Guccini, and Rocky Wallace. I read an article over the weekend that this woman makes 30000 a year naming babies. She gets hired to pick the name. Which I think is so where, strange. Where do you apply for that job? Yeah. <laughs> what would you name? <laughs> Asshole doesn't count. You can't do that. <laughs> what skills would you, like, what are you submitting to the employer as your resume? Here's why I would be good for no, this No, she has her own business. It's her own business. Oh, so she started, oh, so she's yeah. not hiring anyone to do it. She started no, no, a business no. and that's Yeah, what, she that's makes 30000 a year wow. naming I guess, other people's kids. But who would hire somebody to do that? Because don't you name people hire people for everything? True. Yeah, Yeah, but I mean, what you're naming your kid? It's supposed to, you know, personal. Yeah, it's personal. Mm -hmm. But then somebody would say, "There's meaning behind it." Somebody would say, "Well, I had the baby namer." Well, you nailed it. That's what I was going to say. The baby namer. People would pay someone to do that so they can tell people that they paid someone to do it, so they can tell people they have money. I feel oh, like that's what it is. Is that's got to be kind of like, well, they're with the nanny. Like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like how, yeah. what, well, like to me, that that's just like true. puts even, I don't know, less of a connection between parent and child. Like, you know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like with the, why, especially with the naming the baby. Cause yeah. you, I, well, I don't know. So yesterday we hit, everybody was trying to tell Livia what to name her baby. Mm-hmm. So my middle sister is expecting and, we just found out she's having a boy, so we're very excited. But she is um, obviously Wallace. everybody's way too involved, so it's yeah. <laughs> way too involved. So uh, Nona was trying to guilt Gil- her God, into naming really? the baby after my grandfather, which it was sweet because she said it doesn't have to be the first name, but it has to be a middle name. And so she was like saying, you know, he just loved you so oh much. She and- were his. Favorite. Yeah, and I, we were it's all just kind of like, to disappoint him. Yeah, I mean, even she though he's was. dead. <laughs> and she was like, he's with you. Oh, oh my. She was laying it on thick. Oh and I was like, God. that poor kid. My sister was like, oh, yeah. So what is the name? Francesco. The, the, Francesco. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a friend whose daughter is Francesca. Yeah. His mother's name is Francesca. Yeah. His wife had no uh, say in the matter. In yeah. the, <laughs> but in... In some in the Italian culture, although the baby's father is not Italian. Right. 
But in the Italian culture, Jackie, often the right. grandfather's name, yes? Yeah, that's true. Is given as part of right. the baby's name. Right. Mm-hmm. Not un- not yeah. uncommon. I think that's kind of cool, though. I think yeah. to, you know, the when we're all long gone, that yeah. child will be, it, car- it carries on the name. Yeah. Right, right. And yeah. I'm assuming it's, she sounds like she's not, her last name's not Wallace. No. 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 So she's not carrying on that part of the name. No. So no. I think it's kind of cool oh, to have Oh, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. I never thought about that. All the more yeah. reason to name right. Francesco. Depending okay. on what this child does, though, we may call it a Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> Wallace's around. As in Wallace and around. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Although I will tell you, when um, when I was teaching in China, many of our, our Chinese students... Wow, you dropped that one right in there. You taught in China? She did. Online. Wow. I was oh, teaching oh. online. Yeah. Oh, Sorry, let me okay. put that back yeah. in there. When yeah. I was teaching online in China. ESL? ESL. Many of the kids had an American name or they picked an American name. Anyway, I had a family that I had been working with for some time and the little sister had an American name, Sophie, and the mom brought the the younger sister over one time and said, "She needs an American name," as pointing to this little girl. So, really. It was and it was it's considered an uh, an honor to be able to pick their name. So, I had really? to, I said, "I will think of the name." Yes, because in the in the Chinese culture from what I understand, a family member usually helps with the name or picks the name or oh, does. Wow. I'm not exactly no, no sure, kidding. so don't uh-huh. don't email and say I yeah. got it wrong. But this was my understanding. So anyway, I said, you know, thank you. So that's considered a privilege. So I Aww. really you named your Gina, right? Yeah. I should have. <laughs> I would, that would have been so much easier. Why I don't would know. you put more Ginas out in the yeah. world? <laughs> really, I know there's not a lot. I, <laughs> How'd you pick your kids' names? My kids' names mm-hmm. are well. There's Marco. We want. He was going to be Nino forever. Oh, okay. It was going to be his name, Nino. And it all because we were in Wald Lake and there was a Nino's bakery. This is before he was ever born. And she's Italian. Uh, her dad is from Italy. Uh, Firmino, if you've ever heard that mm. name before, that is, everyone calls him Frank, but Firmino. And we wanted to name him Nino forever. I mean, for five years, he was going to be named Nino. That was our, a long our, pregnancy. Our future, <laughs> it was. She was 900 pounds. Of yeah. <laughs> Uh, our son was born with a full set of teeth, <laughs> uh, but he, uh, but it, it just sort of went away. Nino. And we, I said, what about Marco? And we both just went, that's it. Marco. Aww. Oh, so that's great. Marco. Our daughter is Amelia. That's oh, cute. that's beautiful. And we that thought it of- was this original name. And then this list came out this year. The number one baby name for girls is Amelia. We're like, oh. is it really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. But we had, for her, we had tons of different, we're thinking yeah. of Georgia, Imogen, we had, and what? Bo- Bowie, we were going to name her Bo- just <gasps> Bowie, but oh, Bowie, because yeah. uh, we're Bowie? both huge David Bowie fans. That would have been cool. Oh, I yeah. love that. Uh, but uh, what else did she have? Ivy was one. Oh, I like uh, Ivy Olive uh, was another one. So they were Georgia all- was in the running for a long time, but Georgie, we'd call her Georgie. That's, Do their names? That's fit? not Italian at all. No, and if you saw the two of them, he has dark hair. He looks like a Mirko. He looks, well... They both look like both of us. Mm-hmm. Weird how okay. that happens, but they both look like both of us. Mm-hmm. She has lighter hair. I, I was a towhead when I was a kid, so she's kind of blonde, blondish brown. He has dark hair. Oh, but wow. I, you could say they—they're a combination. You know, they look Italian and Scottish. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how that how that <laughs> yeah. works, but huh. you know. So Marco and Amelia. 
I like those that. Are really I, yeah, those are yeah. really pretty names. All right. I, well, I think Bill's so a few, pretty name. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of names, well-known names, we have mm-hmm. a celebrity in the house. Oh, so we should probably get to that. What you know? should I, get right. I was looking to see who it was. <laughs> should I get out of the seat and let them in? Or? <laughs> Come on. I was looking I to see know. who it is. Hey, when we were at the Pistons and they were, you could, uh, they were announcing Bill McAllister over the, you know, PA or whatever. My husband John was like, oh, "Bill McAllister, Bill McAllister." <laughs> I'm like, I know, I know him. It was probably for something for WCSX. I'm sure it was, assuming. but yeah, but yeah, your name came across the whole auditorium well, arena arena isn't that exciting it was exciting <laughs> because i got to say no? I, I, got, I got to say that i knew you to everybody that was sitting by us all right so. i told everybody that i know jackie wallace oh yeah i bet you that gets you fur we'll <laughs> <laughs> get you a discount there. on pn pizza at the parlor <laughs> not cool. really oh. i do have one question yes how much does this pay like what will i be getting paid for what? <laughs> the interview. We will give you oh, 22 we're, cents. Yes. We're not going to charge you. How's that? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so now what do you okay. want to talk about? Well, <laughs> the segment is designed to showcase the stories of talented individuals who had a wish and found a way to make it happen. They set goals, overcame obstacles, and turned setbacks into comebacks. Their stories are unique, interesting, and most of all, inspiring. What does it take to be a rock star at anything? This week, we are interviewing Bill McAllister, a rock star in the broadcasting space. Bill's enthusiastic and charismatic radio presence in Detroit has made him a recognizable figure within the city. With over 20 years of experience in radio, he has broadened his career into the world of podcasting. Bill is the president of Podcast Nation, a company hosting a variety of podcast shows. Although his journey to his goal was not a straight path, Bill shares a story of how his success-oriented personality went from restaurants to radio and beyond. Listen wherever you listen to podcasts this week, and welcome to the show, Bill McAllister. A rock star. Well, first of all, let's start off with your radio presence, Mm. and what are you currently doing? Right now, I do weekends and fill-ins on WCSX. So someone during the week needs time off, I'll fill in for them. We got uh, Big Jim on in the mornings, Danielle Flynn middays, and Dahmer afternoons. Okay. That's what I'm currently doing in radio. And you've been in radio for over 20 years? 22 years. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Okay. So take us back though, because that's not how your path started, right? Get in. Get on board. <laughs> no. Uh, do you want the Cliff's Note version or the really long version? Well. Somewhere in between? Yeah, somewhere in between, somewhere between, yeah. All right. Well, it all started back in <laughs> 1960. Well, you know what? I huh? am curious. What were you like as a kid? The same as I am now, and I believe everyone is. Whoever you oh. were at seven years old is who you are now. You think deep so? down. Deep down. <laughs> do you think so or no? I don't know. Wait, really? You think I so? honestly don't Your remember being, being seven. So you don't? I don't. I don't remember being. Oh, I seven. peaked at seven. That was, <laughs> that, that was where <laughs> it's all been just a, a turd so. rolling downhill since. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, I think at your core, whoever you were in, in elementary school, your personality—it's who you are as an adult. Okay, so to a point, but so I was in, a ham bone okay, as a kid. Okay, so you love to be. 
Oh, I the loved of entertaining. Attention, entertaining. It wasn't so. I wouldn't clarify it as the okay. center of attention. Okay. I would say I. I mean, I guess it ultimately. I, I, okay. I'll correct myself. But that's not a negative. No, no, I don't okay. take it that way yeah. either. I, it wasn't in at least consciously. It wasn't a grasp grasp for attention. But I guess it kind of is by acting out and being silly and being funny. You are seeking. You like that. the attention. Mm-hmm. You like the the dopamine ping yes. of people yeah. laughing mm-hmm. and, and getting a laugh. Said, and enough. Joking. Yeah. Well, that's the funny thing. At home, I was the Tasmanian devil. I was all over the place. In school, I was a church mouse. You, I didn't get in trouble in school. I, I was well behaved. I was quiet. You, know, you don't want to get hollered at by the adults, so you. Are your parents teachers? No. Mm-mm. I never knew my dad, so that I'm kidding. I knew. I I was waiting. Um, No, as a kid in school, I was very quiet. And at home, I had three siblings, a younger brother, two younger sisters. The four of us were all born within a five-year period. Were you the oldest? Mom and dad were hitting it. Yeah. <laughs> in that time. And then they so never trusted you. Were the, and then after yeah. that, right. Wait, are you were the Wait, are you the traditional oldest then? Like the the rule follower set the set the the standard in school, not at home, but in school. Oh, you no. set the standard. No. No. No, no, no. No. If that's what the stereotypical eldest is supposed to be, I did not fit that mold. Mm. So uh, oh, sometimes, you know, they say, Oh, I had the older brother. What a great family. Oh my gosh, he paid, you know, so easy going. No, I was not the stereotypical older brother. I was the example of what not to do. So in other words, my, my youngest sibling, my, my sister, would get away with things that I never got away yeah. with. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because I was the oldest, I would do things, get in trouble for right. them, and then my parents realized, oh, okay, didn't really get hurt, nothing bad happened. Right. And right. then my younger sister got away with bloody murder. So in that sense, no. So were um, your siblings then your... Your first audience? Yes. And my, well, really, my parents were. My dad has the same sense of humor as me, dry sense of humor. And he got it from his grant, from my grandmother, his mother, who was Scottish, you know, from Scotland, my, both my grandparents on that side. So my dad was, you know, 100% Scottish. And there's just that dry sense of humor. So I had that as a young, at a young age. But my dad will still, used to tell stories about how when I was seven years old, they would be watching, you're not going to get this reference, Rocky, <laughs> Lawrence Welk. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> they would watch Lawrence Welk, yep. which is about as white bread a show as you could ever <laughs> think of. And I would jump up and start doing like Fred Astaire dance moves, but goofy. Yeah. I, and I would, and I didn't matter how many people were in the room. I would show off and I would just like do acrobatic stuff just to get a laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just because it was silly. I was always a funny friend. Uh, all my friends uh, growing up, I still have the same best friends I had when I was five. Oh, wow. And uh, so, yes, I was always that person. Okay. But I worked in restaurants all through school. Uh, and I kind of got into the restaurant business. I, I enjoyed the hustle mm-hmm. of working in a restaurant. Like during a dinner rush, mm-hmm. I, I loved it. It was So the busy. chaos. You loved yes. the organized but it was, chaos. That's yeah. exactly yeah. what I was going to yeah. say. It was organized chaos. Mm-hmm. I just liked the idea that if one person, regardless, front of the house, back of the house, if one person screwed up, 
it slowed everything down. Right. It was a domino effect. Mm-hmm. Well, now this is going to be late. Now that's going to be late getting out. Now this is going to delay you from getting out and doing that. So with were the table you managing? I've done everything. Okay. I started out as a, literally as a dishwasher. Uh, made the big move to prep cook. Um, did that. Never looked back. And, uh, <laughs> were, you, did, were you planning on opening a restaurant yourself? or To this day. And you would know this owning a restaurant. To this day, I think it would be so, I've had so many ideas for opening a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And then I stop myself every time because I know, as you do, if you own a restaurant, unless you're willing to pay someone to manage it for mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. you are working 60 hours a week mm-hmm. at least. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's, it's all on you. And well, cause I, I mean, I love our business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, you know, thought about, I've had ideas. I think they're taking one, you know, doing the, the pasta, uh, one and, uh, it's nights and holidays, you know, it's, so it's nights and holidays. So like, oh, yeah, you don't yeah. get, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's the worst. And it's like, you have to just be so passionate to like yes. do that well. Cause or it's, you and willing to or fail you hire people. Well, yeah, but that's right. And that's less money for you. And then, yeah. you're, then you're thinking to yourself, right. why am I in this business? Yeah. I I'm paying other people to make, so they can make money. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is paying the bills, paying the utilities, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if we have to throw something out because it got cooked wrong, I'm right. paying for it twice. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So all of that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I did front of the house, back of the house. I did, man, I used to manage the Elwood Bar and Grill downtown uh, back when it was on Woodward across from the State Theater. Excuse me, the Fillmore. Oh, yeah. And, um, but, yeah, I worked at the Whitney for half a second. I, I Opus One when it was open. And then what'd you do? Uh, nothing. Okay. We kept working so in restaurants. You, you kept working in restaurants. So how yeah. did you get into radio then? Well, here's the thing. And I also played in bands and did that. I, I've always been a big fan right, of Right. You're of a musician music. too, right? Uh, it's putting it lightly. But okay. yes, I dabble. Um, in what, what do you what play genre? an instrument or do you sing? or? I play the Hungarian crotch bugle. <laughs> <laughs> no, I play, I'll he plays oh. the male organ. Yeah. Uh, there goes our rating. <laughs> no, I'm cutting all that out. No, don't cut no, that out. No, don't cut that out. Listen, <laughs> please that leave it. Many X's. Go ahead. I, I, uh, I play guitar and I can play bass. I actually am a pretty decent bass player. Oh, okay. Um, do you sing? No, no, no. only okay. in the shower. I will uh, once in a while. My wife sings, so I'll I'll throw in a harmony once in a while, and I start laughing because I realize we're actually harmonizing, mm-hmm. and she loves when I do it. But then I'll get to a point where I start laughing because I realize, oh, that actually sounds. What are we, Simon and Garfunkel? <laughs> that sounds great. More like Donnie and, and Marie. <laughs> yeah, and she's a little bit country. <laughs> And then I realized I can't sing and I'll stop myself. But if I had to, I could totally rule the charts. But all along, the whole time I was working in restaurants, even going back to bartending, I used to bartend at the State Theater when it was called Clubland. I worked with a guy who went to Spex Howard. I'm still friends with him to this day. And we would always talk about different radio shows that we liked. I always thought, man, I'd love to be in, in radio or TV. Really? Yeah, I always thought it. And even then we would talk about it because we used to listen to Drew and Mike. Like, yeah, Drew and Mike, that is like the perfect show. It's our kind of humor. It's funny. They do it on and on and on. It's local. I got to the point working in restaurants where I'm like, God, as Rocky said, working weekends. You know, all my friends are going, hey, we're going to such and such on Friday night. Yeah. Not me. I'll be managing the restaurants or I'm waiting tables or I'm bartending. All of your friends are out enjoying life. Well, you're waiting on everybody's friends. Mm-hmm. That's what you're doing. Like, right. do I am I going to be in my you know, 30s and 40s and still doing restaurants? 
I have time for nothing else. Is this really what I want to do? So I started taking Specs Howard seriously at that point. Like, I've been thinking of this for 10 years about pulling the trigger and doing this, and I never, ever did. Wow. So it was, a, it was for me, a fear of success. It was, in my mind, it was, well, yeah, other people do that. Ah, they went to school for that. They went to college. I'm sure they have broadcasting degrees or communications degrees in college. But you thought about it for 10 years. I did, and never even came close to pulling the trigger. And go, was, I'm talking about going to Specs Howard. Yeah, what was the moment, though, that you were like, was it just being in the restaurant, or was there a moment that it was, was exactly just like... That. I, I just got to do this. Like, it was exactly that. Mm-hmm. It, it was, okay, I don't want to do this the rest of my life. I don't want to be 50 years old and, you know, in my not knowing what it really was mind, I thought it would be fun. And it's, I loved mm-hmm. listening to it. Uh, I, I got to just try. So I went to Specs Howard and the very first day they ask you, and I was older in the class. So, you know, there's, it's like, you know, 20 year olds and 18 year olds who, Okay. They, they don't keep on you at Specs Howard. If you do the work, you do the work. If you don't, you paid us. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know? So, but I took it very seriously. And uh, they said, well, you know, what's everybody's ultimate goal? I, it was my turn. I said, I want to work in Detroit, have a morning show with my name on it. That That's what I want. Wow. That's what, and, so you knew that. Well, yeah. You had and thought I, about like, it for 10 years. Yes. And I didn't, I didn't want to say, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm in my thirties at the time. I'm not going to go up North and work for $7 an hour and have to do everything at the radio station. Right. In market 438, you know, whatever, work in Alpena, nothing against Alpena. Cause I know you guys are broadcast there. <laughs> so, so yeah, that was my goal. And, and thankfully, you know, things worked out in my favor it wasn't, it could have easily not been that, but things fell into place. When I was still at Specs Howard, I had a week left at Specs Howard and I got hired by 97.1, which wow. at the time was talk radio. So I, I got hired by them and I ran a board and I did the news. So I was doing the news at 97.1 when I was still in Specs Howard. I still had a week to go at Specs. How, how long was this program? Pardon me? How long is the program at Specs Howard? Uh, at the time, it was eight months. And what do you get? Like a certificate? Is it a uh, the, license, the you know, degree? Broadcast degree. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I produced a couple different shows. Uh, I'm sure everybody remembers the Ed Till show. Um, come on, everybody. Ed Till. Ed Till. <laughs> exactly. No one does. And from that, I went to the Scott and Casey show. They were from California, and they brought them into This was FM Talk at the time. When you say you produced, what did you do? Meaning you would line up guests, you would oh, answer you did phones, that? you would. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, right out of school, you dove right into producing and, and mm-hmm. putting shows together like that. Producing there, though, they really didn't have at least those shows didn't have a lot of guests. Okay. Um, so it was, you, they would talk about local stories about whatever was going on in the world and get people's opinions, call in. So that was Scott and Casey. Scott and Casey went away. They didn't get real. I was on a show called Kramer and Twitch before that. Kramer and Twitch were famous for telling people to open their doors when people were bicyclists, uh, were riding on the street. Open your door. And this is in Dallas. And they also started some rumor about uh, Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake being killed in a car accident. Oh, my, my gosh. And they got in big so trouble. Ra- I said, oh, I grew up standing radio. Yeah, that was in Dallas. So they got fired. So we thought, they're the guys for us. And we hired them. And uh, so then they went away. And then Greg Henson, who worked in Detroit Sports Radio, came in. And we had someone from Grand Rapids, Michelle McCormick. 
it was it was more in line with what I like doing. And Greg, who was the program director at WDFN, the old sports station uh, on the AM side, I would do voices to him, and he thought they were funny. So he actually was putting me more on the air. I was always on as a third voice on these other shows, but he would have me come on and do different characters and call in. And he really kind of gave me the first uh, uh, break, you could say, of being uh, like being significantly on air. Greg ended up getting uh, canned. He went somewhere else. And then we brought in Jay Towers, who was with WDRQ at the time. And he really let me do more voices. Michelle left. Things happened. <laughs> Things happened. There's in radio. a lot of change in mm-hmm. radio, isn't there? Well, some like, personalities, and a lot of it is just it's the corporate world of radio yeah. too. But but where it really started taking off was with Jay and I, and uh, we became the morning show at the Ticket, the sports station. And what had happened was there was an afternoon show called Dominsky and Doyle. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to do mornings at the brand new ticket like ah, we don't know how that's my jeff dominsky impression we don't know how this is gonna work and uh the voices come out of his head <laughs> i don't know Bill. what do you think i don't know jeff doesn't sound like a really good idea to me <laughs> so they uh they turned down the morning show with the ticket and jay and i were next because we were doing middays with a lady named shyla that was a great show too we had comedians in all the time we had tons of guests it was it was fun so jay and i became the morning show at the ticket Sports radio is not Jay's forte. We did it for two years. It wasn't the same. Our show was different because the expectations were different. Uh, but we were top five for a couple of years. And then Jay left, went to WNIC. Then Stoney came in, who was also a sports radio guy. Stoney and I did mornings along with Sarah. I know there's a lot of names I'm throwing <laughs> out here. Wow. At who was with Mojo for a while. And then it was me, Jay and Sarah. Then it was me, Jay, and, I'm sorry, me, Stoney and Sarah for six and a half years. And then they did, and everyone in radio knows this term, budget cuts. I'm oh. doing, I'm doing oh. quotations. Oh. Everybody terms. knows that term yeah. anywhere. Everybody's yeah. not just yeah. radio. Corporate, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was just, you know, they had to say, make cuts. We at one time got rid of, coffee creamers in the building because stockholders wanted us to make cuts. So wow. we stopped, we stopped carrying coffee creamers. You had to bring your own cream from home. If wow. you want. Are any of the radio stations privately owned or is that not really a thing? If they are, they're not big, they're not players. They're okay. not big stations. I mean, you've got in Detroit and really nationally it's, it's iHeart. Yeah. It's what is now Odyssey, which was CBS. Then it was Entercom. Now it's Odyssey. When I worked there, it was CBS. Um, and Cumulus. Oh, yeah. And then you have Beasley, who I work for now. So really, there's there's four. Beasley's a little smaller than the other three. You had started... That was 1964. Now, in 1965, <laughs> you had started your dream, your dream job or the career path that you had since graduating from Specs Howard, and then mm-hmm. changes happened. Yeah. Did you have a plan ultimately beyond this, like where you wanted to go? Like as beyond the next, radio, you mean? Beyond, be, well, what what was the next step for radio when you were doing? You said you were in sports or talk mm-hmm. radio. Is that was that the kind of radio you wanted to be on, or was there oh, a yeah. different market you wanted? Oh, no, I always wanted to be in Detroit. I always wanted to be in Detroit. But as far as like genre, the, the genre, right, 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 the demo, you're talking yeah. about like sports radio. Sports radio, 
I know enough about sports to be able to talk about, but I'm not a booger eating, stat reading sports guy. So mm-hmm. if you, so when you were in sports radio, was there a different genre that you wanted to be in? Like ultimately your goal, your next oh, step was? Talk. Well, okay. it's, it's hard to say that because it's not your choice sometimes. I almost got a country gig a couple weeks ago and went to someone else, but it was, I almost got hired by a, a country station. I know nothing about modern country at all. Yeah, I but guess, it didn't matter. Oh, okay. But you'd take whatever job. So you that's can interesting. Get. So it doesn't matter? Well, it's not that it doesn't matter. I'll put it this way. Doug Podell. Every you know Doug yes. Podell. The Dakarak. Doug Podell. <laughs> for years did rock uh, rock radio. He was a program director. He's still at 1067 WLLZ. He was let go from CSX. I forget where he was like I think it was CSX and Riff. He was let go. He got hired by Nash. Doug Podell was oh. doing country music after 40 years in the business because wow. that's the job that was available. Wow. And that's what you take. I mean, ultimately, yeah, I'd like to work on FM talk or a version of talk radio or a morning show. Morning radio is what I'm used to doing. Even when Jay and I were doing middays at 97.1, we were doing a morning show. Mm-hmm. We would have different people in. I think I told you, I, you know, he didn't hit me, but I... Interviewed Will Smith. I interviewed. It's too bad we he had didn't tons hit you. Of people. I could have. Maybe I'd be at the Oscars. So we could hit you, maybe help. I'll sit still. Uh oh, here comes Queen Jackie. Okay, so all you, right. So you you interviewed Will Smith. You've interviewed yeah, quite oh, a few celebrities, right? Tons. Yeah, yeah. Lots. Yeah. And Names so, one. I'll tell you if I interviewed them. Just because you are so funny, have you ever done stand up or considered? No. Stand-up? What about improv? Improv, I would be much better at improv, mm-hmm. much better because that's kind of what I, I just. You're good at it. It's yeah. more on Quick the fly. Yeah. To do stand up, I could never do stand up. I, I would don't think never so. be. I, well, I don't know. You are so stand-up. funny. Yeah, you are like, funny. Yeah. Thank you. Because we, we were different. talking about that yeah. saying, I wonder if he was ever in comedy. It is a different beast altogether. Mm-hmm. Doing stand up. You have to go on stage. Uh, well, obviously, for improv, same thing. Improv, you're working with a group, though, mm-hmm. and you're playing off of someone. Yeah. Right. Stand-up, it's just you and the audience, and you have to make them laugh. Mm-hmm. And if you don't make them laugh, you, it, cry. you fail. Mm-hmm. Right. And you, not only that, you're, yeah. you shrink on stage mm-hmm. because you're either getting heckled or booed or it's not funny or, worst of all, crickets. You tell a joke and no one laughs. Oh, yeah. yeah I don't work that way. Yeah. I work more just playing off of what someone's saying. Mm. It's more, I definitely fit more into the improv thing. Okay, so what's been uh, like a, a highlight or a favorite moment that you had in radio? Other than this? Yeah, other than this. Um, well, this is, yeah, we know this. A highlight in radio? Wow, it's hard to... Uh, or like a moment point. that just confirmed that you did the, what you were supposed to be doing, like confirmed your calling. Oh, getting laughs in general, but I, I made Dave Chappelle laugh once. Oh. I did, uh, this was on the Kramer and Twitch days. So he came in. Uh, he was going to be playing, I th- want to say, at the Fox Theater. So he came in. This is 2002, so Rocky was like two or three. <laughs> we were, they for whatever reason, Kramer and Twitch always had Playboys or Penthouse magazines laying around. For whatever reason. Yeah. <laughs> no, because they were. Why would no, they that, ever that was their show, though. They were like, they're, 
anyway, I'll reserve <laughs> commentary on those guys. Yeah. So we had this, but we're looking through this book and then we're, how can I say this? So there was a picture of a young lady <laughs> and, and three gentlemen were standing around her <laughs> with their, uh, 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 their artillery out. <laughs> Oh, that and we're looking at it, rating. you know, and Dave Chappelle's like, wow, look at that girl. And so he's saying, you know, looking at it, he's like, wow, looks like she's holding a press conference. <laughs> <laughs> and he la- heartily laughed. So I like, oh, wow, I just made Dave Chappelle laugh. Yeah, no That's kidding. Great. So yeah, that was, that was a cool moment. The Will Smith thing was, was really cool. Did you get nervous interviewing any of the no. celebrities? But I'd never gotten nervous to interview anyone because I learned early on that it's just, that's just what they, it's their job. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm impressed by them and I, I am, uh, you know, I give them all kudos and cause it's hard to get to where they got. Well, but the other thing too is without people like you in the mm-hmm. radio, they wouldn't have True. been able to get where they got. I mean, you need the media, you need the, you know, they need the, the publicity, right? Right. And that's why they, it's all so, simpatico and mm-hmm. it, it works in tandem with each other, but but yeah, I mean, there have been lots of cool. We used to interview Calvin Johnson every week uh, of wow. the Lions. So we'd go down there and I'll say this is a, this was a cool moment. So we would interview him every Monday after a game down in Allen Park, their training facility for two years, you know, two seasons. And then after that was Reggie Bush. He was really cool. Reggie Bush was funny. He was, he was great. Calvin Johnson was good too. He was very reserved, but you know, he, he was always a good interview so for a couple years, we did that. They meet people all the time. I played in a celebrity softball game a couple years later, and it was media types against the Detroit Lions. And Calvin Johnson was there playing and Reggie Bush. So my dad went. Oh. He went with us to, to like, yeah, hey, you want to go? We're playing the Lions. It was in Dearborn. And so he, he went along. And... I'm standing there talking to my dad and I get a tap on the shoulder and it was Calvin Johnson. So he, I'm not thinking he's, I mean, he, we talk to him every week. Yes. Right. But they talk to people all the time. Right. And he came over and like gave me a hug. Hey, how's it been going? And like wow. in, in front of my dad. So oh, I thought that yeah. was, you know, that my dad. So, thought yeah. like, so for your dad, he's a ride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, wow, you weren't lying. Yeah. You really do know him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, but it was just kind of a cool thing. And I'm, I, it's really more about that. My dad got to see that. Yeah. That, yeah. uh, Oh, that I mean, is he, cool. my dad was very proud uh, that I was on the radio. Oh, I bet. Uh, my mom was, uh, <laughs> my mom wasn't, no, my mom <laughs> died. Uh, like I'd been on the radio for like six years at that point. I hadn't really made, Okay. You know, I wasn't to where I ultimately ended up at that point. So she saw some of it. She hated one of my co-hosts, thought she was a, uh, anyway, oh my gosh. <laughs> that woman is a pig. Yeah. Like, well, from your mouth to everybody's What does it take ears. to be um, a great uh, host? Well, really, it, uh, the key is just you have to know when to bail. You have to know when to get out of an interview. You have to know, you have to keep it moving. I mean, that that's a part. A good host is, is you're always moving the show along. You're always moving. You don't get bogged down. You don't, uh, you don't like I am struggling to find yeah, words. Like, no <laughs> pressure here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Radio has obviously changed. How has, has podcasting, because everybody and their brother can have a podcast. Anyone can do it. Has podcasting, would you say it's helped or harmed the radio industry as a whole? 
It's, it reminds me of the time I went to my proctologist and he talked about everything as a whole. <laughs> and sorry. I was like, where's this going? Um, <laughs> Downhill. I would say that um, podcasting has had an effect on radio in, in that radio knows it has to get into that game. Mm-hmm. And it is. Yeah. Every show. Mojo in the Morning mm-hmm. has a podcast, podcast and it's right. highlights from the show. Jay Towers has a podcast. Mm-hmm. Every single day they post a podcast, which is one segment or two segments of the show that mm-hmm. they deemed to be you know, worthy of a podcast. Yeah. So, yeah, they all do. But it's kind, of a, it's kind of a weird thing because radio, some people will say, you know, hey, radio missed the boat. They're not keeping up on what's going on. What's well, a different animal. What, mm-hmm. what is there to keep up with? Radio mm-hmm. isn't podcasting. Mm-hmm. Podcasting isn't radio. Right. Yeah. Podcasting isn't live. It shouldn't mm-hmm. be live. Yeah. It's not that radio is in, it's in competition with podcasting because it's taking away some other audience. Mm-hmm. You know, look, and then a thing you look at too is cars. Mm-hmm. It's the evol- the entertainment package in your car has mm-hmm. changed over the last 20 years. Yeah. Oh, right. There are no CD players anymore. Right. We know that. Mm-hmm. You know, you went from no cassette to no CD, mm-hmm. and eventually it's going to be no radio. There will not be radios in cars. You don't think so? No, because every radio station has an app. Your phone will provide all of your entertainment through your Bluetooth mm-hmm. in your car or your Wi-Fi in your car. Think about the evolution of radio when radio first started. It's seen a lot of change because oh, when right. it first started, you'd gather around for the fireside chat or you'd hear the you'd hear the president speak or you'd hear a storyteller or it was something. Appointment listening. Right, it was. And then TV came into play and mm. and radio changed and morphed. And I yes. think this is the continuation of radio making changes. So they what advice would you give somebody who wants to go into radio? Podcasting. Um, no, really. I mean, you can go for it if it's your dream. I don't know if you have the desire to be in radio, put together a demo tape, put together. If you're going to do music radio, do a two minute, three minute demo tape of you coming out of a song, going into a song, Mm -hmm. write some liners for yourself, like a quick 10, 15 second commercial for something, a local business, whatever it might be, make it up, just make it up. And submit it to every station you want to work for. A, you know, make an MP3 and send it to a radio. Just send it right to the program director, and just get them your material. If you and hone your skill, sit in your room and record yourself. How do people practice? Get, how do people get in touch with you if they want to offer you a job after hearing this interview? And <laughs> how would you, people get a hold of me? How do people get in hold? Get a hold of you? Bill at podcastnation.com. Come or on. you can hit him up on his OnlyFans and yeah, yeah, yeah. it's only seven dollars a month. Yeah, so. fetish guy. Yeah. Uh, okay, so now it's let's, me a let's just go into podcasting now. Yes. So now you are president of Podcast Nation. Yes, it's the future, man. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So what's what are the plans? The plans are to dominate and rule the world. Because you get to work with us. Mm-hmm. I get to Highlight work with of you. Your day. It is podcasting is is where it's at. It's where the future of entertainment is. I mean, we're already, we're already sort of here. What's one piece of advice you would have offered your younger self? Don't be afraid. Don't hold back. Go with your, I know this is more than one, go with your gut instinct. If it's really what you want to do, there's an old saying, you know, well, do what you want and the money will come. Well, not necessarily that the money will come, but do what you want because that's where you're going to find 
solace and contentment and joy and doing what you love means you're going to put more into it instead of doing something someone else wants you to do. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's it. Just don't, don't, I wish I had known that or done that back then. Don't hold back. Time's a wasting. Put your efforts into that. Great advice. That's really great advice. Okay. Who would you trade? Miguel Cabrera. Positions with. (laughs) No, rock star. Of any rock. Of any rock star? Any rock star. Who would you trade a date with? Who? Well, it, I always said that. Just pick one. No one, but uh, let's see. If I was going to trade places with a rock star. Yeah, just star, one day. Tommy Lee. No, it would be. <laughs> when he had P.M. Anderson, right? Um, <laughs> let's see. Oh, boy. Oh, geez. Uh, God, it's hard. There's so many. I love so many different artists. Uh Hmm. I'll go with that um, uh, Eddie Vedder. Who? Eddie. Oh boy. <laughs> Here we go. Eddie Vedder. Eddie. Do you know who that is? No. Uh, he was in a band. He was in the Osmonds. There was Donnie, and he was younger than Jimmy. And so that's who you would trade places with yeah. for a day? Does she really not know who Eddie Vedder is? She must not. <laughs> I guess I don't. Have you ever heard of Pearl Jam? Yes. He's the lead singer for Pearl Jam. Oh, okay. <laughs> you did not know that. I did know that. Yes, I uh, really. Yep, I did know that. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes more sense. I would have gone with like Pete Townsend back Danny in the day. Osmond. What about Pete Townsend? You know who yeah, Pete Townsend yeah, is? Yeah, I, I would have. I would have gone with Pete Townsend back in the day. Okay. Yeah. All right. I liked his guitar style and smashing all their equipment. And all, that stuff, <laughs> all right. Okay. Okay. If you had to pick one record to listen to for the rest of your I love life, these questions. What's the record? What's your latest one called? <laughs> Good answer. Oh. Yes, like, subscribe, and follow yeah. Rocky Wallace on What's all four. One, oh. one record the rest of my life. Ooh, God, that is tough. Might be the Beatles' White Album. Okay. Oh, all right. Yep. All right. Well, Bill McAllister, thank you so much for your thank time. Thank you. I'm sorry, I took so much fun. Gina no. just threw something at me. I did. <laughs> Fortune cookies. It is time for yes. fortune cookies. We th- toss our cookies in whatever way the prongs face. That means and that fortune about, was meant for you. That for was this one made out Detroit. of a, was this one? Ma- I'm sorry, podcast what? At, at podcast, podcast Nation. Was <laughs> <laughs> to cut that out? <laughs> was this a Dixie cup at one time? Because it kind of looks like one of those, like, here's yeah, a pill. She, <laughs> no, you, you use those when you brush your teeth. So she's just oh, giving yeah. it to you. She, she's done with it. What are we, what are we ending it with? At Podcast Nation. Oh, at, at Podcast, podcast yep. Nation. At Podcast Nation. What okay. mountains are you moving at Podcast Nation? Ooh. Uh, me next? Yeah. That wasn't chicken. At podcast, no. Um, That's not what comedy it's with Bill McCallum. Let's see. Diligence and modesty can raise your social status with Podcast Nation. There you go. It's actually a fact. Yeah. He who thinks he is too small to make a difference hasn't met a honeybee at Podcast Nation. Oh, I like cute. that. One. Yeah, that's like really that. cute. Carve your name on your heart and not on marble with Podcast Nation. Ooh. I All put right. this one back together if you want to use it for a future episode. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Thanks well, for spending the day with yes. us. Thank this you. Was yes. fun. And so check out Podcast Nation if you, you have look, a show idea. Down. She looked down. No, no, no. I'm trying to get my <laughs> fortune back in my uh, fortune cookie here. You don't here, have to. No? Okay. All right. Well, anyway, this was amazing. It was insightful and inspiring, and that's what our show intends to do. So thank you, Bill McAllister. Uh, sometimes the only mode of transportation available is the leap of faith. Thanks for taking a leap of faith and have a great week. Cut! Cut.
Damn Thank it, you. Jackie. You can't steal my... <laughs> I have one job on this show. Sorry. 